got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. I've been shutting down the stars. Yeah, cause when it rain, then it pours. Yeah, and I'm ready for some more. Yeah, and I've been reading Hill. What's up, my friend? Dooner. <laughs> Dooner. How are you doing? I'm still trying to, to figure out my superpower. Oh, yes. A little discussion. The, the, the question. Well, okay. Let's, let's start off with the uh, with the audience. Then, What would be the best superpower for sales? I mean, invisibility would be good, right? You could get some intel on people. Reading minds. You could. A reading minds. Mind control would be good. Right? Uh, although what else you- would be? If you Empathy? had those, if you had those powers, would you have like a sales job, or would you just, or would you just go out and wreak havoc on the world? Well, that's that's kind of sales too, right? You're always selling yourself. I guess you wouldn't have to sell yourself if you had a superpower, uh, but you get people to buy from you. So I don't know if you, uh, you wouldn't be going door to door selling freight, probably, but you would, uh, you'd be selling something. Uh, Tell you why you should dominate the world. And look at LinkedIn Live. It's as beautiful and as black as the screen behind you. Maybe one of these days they'll they'll figure that out for us. Um, <laughs> today, today we're talking about returning to the new normal. And uh, I guess what's kind of been normal is, is LinkedIn Live giving us these issues. But uh, let, let's start with a quote, right? Part of yes. normal, part of normal creates opportunity, and uh, only after disaster can we be resurrected. It's only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything. Nothing is static. Everything is evolving. Everything is falling apart. That's Tyler Durden, Chuck Mahalnik's Fight Club, and that is exactly right. You know, the freedom to do what, what you need to do, not being hung up on on all the negative and 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 all of that. But you know, it's always a, a great quote from Fight Club. Yes, it is. And then the other one. So I was watching this movie last night, and uh, mm-hmm. and it was this movie called Buffalo. It's this independent movie. It's uh, on on demand. I think it was like five bucks to rent. But it it caught my attention. It was sort of like a uh, I don't know, like an indie version of maybe Boiler Room. But so there's this girl, right? She's got a lot of trouble. She goes to mm-hmm. prison. She comes out. She gets a call from a debt collector, right? And she says to the debt collector, "That's the worst sales pitch I ever heard." And the debt collector goes. I'm not in sales. And then she goes, your job is to convince me to give you my money. And the best salesman is an informed listener. As a debt collector, you're not selling a product. You're selling a feeling, relief from the feeling of failure. And that really stood out to me. It is. I mean, you're not selling a product. You're selling feelings. You're selling success. You're selling money. You're selling a lot of different things, but it's very rarely the, the features of the, the, the product. It's all about the benefit. And what is this is called? What buffaloed? It's called buffaloed. Yeah. So it's this girl. She originally starts out in the movie selling like counterfeit tickets to the bills, and uh, there's just okay. not enough demand. So she, but she gets caught by the police. She has to go to jail, and then uh, and then she comes out, and she she is harassed by a debt collector, and then she ends up working for these debt collectors, and that's kind of like where the movie takes off and she starts like a rival debt collecting brokerage but uh it's she really? uses she uses a she treats debt collecting as selling though and she excels over all these other mm-hmm. debt collectors so much so they want to like break her legs and stuff but but either way she's she's selling she's looking at what she's doing as a way to convince people to do things instead of looking at it on its surface as I'm just calling you to extract money from you well, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely sales. I mean, those guys get uh, debt collectors certainly get paid commissions on on the debts they, they collect. So it is sales. I uh, just like journalists, you know, journalists here at Freight Waves, you know, they whenever they, they go out and get an interview or try to get an interview, they're they're basically selling information for time. 
They're trying to collect time, which is a precious resource from from executives uh, to, to come in and, and do a story. Debt collectors, same thing. I mean, you, you're trying to uh, sell that feeling of not being in debt anymore. And the, the better you are at it, the better you can get people to pay down their debts, uh, the more commissions you make. Let's stop empathizing with the debt collectors, okay? This episode is brought to you by truckstop.com, the world's uh, uh, most trusted load board. Want to find the best carriers at the best rates? See market data, build relationships, and grow your business with truckstop.com. Visit, tell them, Kevin. Visit truckstop.com. Yes. <laughs> you got to check your notes. I, I don't have it up. <laughs> they, they're the easiest company to say. It's just truckstop.com, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's in a brand. Um, yeah. Freytech Sales. By the way, before, before we move on, bonus episode mention. If you, if you subscribe to the audio version of this show, either on Freightcast or on the Put That Coffee Down feed, both are free. Look them up in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you get your podcasts, go there. And uh, there was this Freytech one that you did. We're, and today we're talking about the new normal, right? Or going back to work in the new normal. Mm-hmm. And you recorded this right before everyone was kind of sent out on their way, sent back home. It was Freight Tech Sales with Curtis Triber right at the, what was it, the beginning of March? It was the beginning of March. Was, uh, so Curtis came to Atlanta and Chattanooga to, to see clients. And I think two of his three meetings got canceled because they were refusing visitors. Uh, but, but he dropped by here. We, we sat in the booth and did uh, a 30-minute recording on on the, the progression or, or the transition from freight sales, you know, we were both freight brokers. He owned his own freight brokerage, and I was a freight broker, to freight tech sales. He's over at Parade right now. And we just, uh, you know, it was some of the similarities, some of the difference. We, we, you have to learn and how it's, how it's different then. It's great to have that experience of freight sales, but selling SaaS or technology to Freight brokers, which were your peers or your competitors, uh, there's little differences, and it, it takes a little time to adjust. But uh, it's a, a very rewarding move for the for those that can make it. Yeah, Nick Dangles, right at Spartan Logistics, he mm-hmm. said Kevin Hill, Curtis Triber, he really enjoyed this one. He has zero experience in tech, but I do think you're spot on about the value of freight experience. It's simply hard to understand what goes on in a freight brokerage without having experienced it. I'd highly agree. It's very it's abstract when you're there, let alone when you're thinking of it from the outside looking in. But it must be a huge obstacle for those in freight sales who don't have that experience. And I imagine, yeah, d- definitely a struggle. And I think that's why you and Curtis wanted to key in on on the uh, the nuances that were going on there. Yeah, we both agree that it's better to have, to have freight experience uh, in a lot of ways uh, rather than technology experience whenever you come into this uh, because, you know, it's very abstract. Freight sales is very abstract. It's a, a very, very strange industry uh, where if you haven't sat in a seat, if you haven't brokered freight or, or sold capacity and, and somehow, whether it's uh, 3PL, Freight Brokerage, Ocean International, it, it's hard to understand the, the pitfalls and the challenges and the pain points of that industry. Uh, so once you have that experience, it, it's much easier to teach someone how to, to sell technology than it is to to be acquainted with freight sales and those pain points without actually doing that. Yeah, and another thing that came up today is um, I know we mentioned this a bit. It's, it's the Glengarrys. It's our networking list. And one thing that came up, a Spotify listener pointed this out to me. He said, "Where do I find 
the link to your Glenn Gary networking list. And I said, mm-hmm. well, uh, just cl- it's in the show notes. Just click on it there. It's on, the, it's on the articles on Freightways. But I went on Spotify, and I realized that Spotify removes hyperlinks. So uh, you're not going to find it there, Ooh. but you can find it on Freightways.com slash podcast. Go to, go to any of the, the Put That Coffee Down posts and all that. And that was John Coleman. He said, hey, Dooner, I'm listening to Put That Coffee Down, episode five. You mentioned that networking document that anyone could sign up for. I've been trying to find the post on LinkedIn and on Freightways. Yeah, so just go to, if you're on Spotify, that link doesn't work, just go to freightwaves.com slash podcast. You can find it right there. Or even better, just message me, Timothy Dooner or Kevin Hill. We'll, we'll point you in the right yes. direction. Yeah, you posted out uh, the, the link on LinkedIn, what, this morning? And I, I'll do it this afternoon after the show. Yeah. it's, it's So a- you can go, go find these posts or just message us directly. Yeah, share, collaborate, ideas. I know that a lot of you, since we started this doc, may have lost jobs or whatever due to COVID-19, may have been furloughed. Maybe it's time now to look for your next best opportunity. I've noticed companies are starting to hire again, right? Even our own. I, I've been I seeing, have uh, seen that. And then the our bamboo own survey, notifications. I think you might. No, go ahead. I was saying we even got like the bamboo notifications here. Everyone's starting to hire mm-hmm. again or the companies that are, are doing well are. So now is a time that uh, maybe you can seize this opportunity. In our weekly survey, we're, we're seeing that more people are are, are confident about uh, job security and, and the future. All right, Kevin, let's jump into returning to normal. So you're sitting there at home. You, you got the message from corporate or you're waiting for the message from corporate. You're coming back to the office or you're coming back to, to part-time at the office, whatever it may be. Things are going to be a little bit different. So you got to get your internal selling and politics settled first, right? Every company operates differently. So Ideally, you first want to establish what is expected from you and when. So you really want to connect with your manager or whomever is in charge of you, whoever oversees you, or if you're the manager, get in touch with your teams and let them know what what the ideas are, what the visibility is, what the optics are. If it's you know, if you expect them in the office, if you want to keep them out at home, it's kind of a big time to just really set those boundaries and those ground rules. You're exactly right. It's a, a the perfect time. It is the time to do that. Don't expect a perfect plan. You, you're going to have to roll with the punches. It's a work in progress. We're all kind of making it up as we go. We don't want. We don't know what the right answers are. What that mix of of work from home and office and when to bring people back and if it's the right time. So it's it's going to be uh, you know a, a lot of mistakes are going to be made. A lot of uh, rules are going to change. You're going to get a policy and it's going to change maybe in a week or. In a day and it's simply because no one knows the, the right answer we're all just trying to find out right now as we go along so keep that in mind roll with the punches know that it's going to be uh, a hot mess for a little bit uh but it's the the way that that you have to do it to uh to to, to find the right answer kevin here's some good news though everybody right everybody's going through the same thing as you, not just mm-hmm. salespeople, people at offices all over America, all over the globe going through the same thing. Now is a perfect time to reach out to your contacts and your clients. Let them know that you're returning to the office. Use this as the opportunity to get information on when and if they're returning to the office. This can lead to conversations about pain points, disruptions, gaps they may need filled. These are return conversations and how you conduct them will separate, in my opinion, the successful salespeople from the unsuccessful ones. You're exactly right, Tuner. Every every reason is good reason to, to reach out to your your customers, your prospects, uh, inform them, talk to them. It's the reason why retail and department stores have a sell for every single holiday, every single instance, uh, federal holidays, your birthday, whatever reason they can find to have a sell to communicate with their customers. They do. You should emulate that. 
and finds, you know, this is a great reason to reach out to everybody. Find a reason every single day, every single week to, to reach out and center a conversation with your customers and prospects about, about anything. Yeah, Make up a day. I was watching this. But this mo- is a perfect opportunity. Kevin, I was watching this movie called Venom, and in it, Venom says to, he, he, he says to Eddie Brock, he goes, <laughs> he goes, Eddie, on my planet, I, I'm a loser just like you. Well, if you want to be a loser on this planet, on your own planet like Venom is, then, uh, then fall into the trap. But if you don't want to be a loser, avoid the trap. Don't talk yourself in and out of situations based on limited knowledge. People do this all the time. This goes in good times and bad, but especially now, there's that, there's that evil toxic voice in your head that goes, uh, now's mm-hmm. not the time, or, or they won't be interested yet, or, or maybe it's too soon. Let them tell you no. Don't tell yourself no. Don't argue yourself it, in and out of deals. It's funny, and you probably know people like this. We all know people like this. You know, they're not the most self-aware people in the world. That they don't really have the, the 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 most vocal conscience, and they're really good at sales because they don't talk themselves out of situations. Uh, there's that's one of the the pluses of not being all that self-aware is that you don't think about. The, the negative garbage and, and, and talk yourself out of position or out of situations. Sometimes that's harmful too, right? If you, if you don't have any self-awareness, but uh, there's, there's a fine line. Don't, don't let that inner voice talk you out of things. Just go do it. Oh, and it looks like we do have, so to people who just joined and you're seeing the audio only on LinkedIn, we apologize. LinkedIn Live has been very buggy lately. They're just giving us an audio feed. So Listen in if you want. We're more than happy to interact with you there. And I know Lisa Petty's there. She says, uh, sounds good. So thanks for hanging with us, Lisa. And also, you can watch this on demand, the video, anytime. I'll post the article after we're done. Usually takes about two hours. It's on the FreightWaves TV app. It's on uh, FreightWaves.com. If you want to pull up a visual feed, you can just go to our website as well. Everything's working fine there. This is just a, uh, a LinkedIn issue. Nicole Glenn says, morning, gentlemen. Hey, Nicole, how's it going? Hello, Nicole. <laughs> so you're saying learn to love the word no, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Learn to love it. And the, the more no's you get, the more yeses you get. And really, a sell doesn't even start until you hear the word no. If you're in a sales call and they're in agreement with you the entire time and they're yesing you to death, that's what they're doing. They're yesing you to death. They're not serious about it. Don't expect anything. You need to, to hit some roadblocks, some objections, some no's. And again, the more no's you get in life, the more you attack and, and love the word no and seek out the word no, the more yeses you're going to get. Yeah, and the reason why I think that we wanted to bring this conversation was is for the people who are getting that yes, right? Because sales calls mm-hmm. will change. Now you have to be mindful about the offices that you're visiting. They may have policies, procedures in place, uh, anything from temperature checks we've heard of, thermo scans, sanitization procedures, mass requirements, all or none of the above. My advice would be to respect the process. We asked a survey question about this. We got some we got some pretty good answers. We also got uh, one mm-hmm. or two crazy answers about refusing. Um, <laughs> we can we can crack that nugget uh, open a little bit later when we get to the survey, but uh, my opinion on this one, my personal opinion is that if as long as you feel comfortable going into the place, follow follow whatever their guidelines are. If they want you to wear a mask, wear a mask. If they if you're comfortable with not wearing a mask and no one there's wearing a mask, then you know, always try to be a little bit of a reflection of the environment you're in when you're doing sales. It's it's very helpful. I, I agree, and I would take it a step further. I I think it's just good manners. I, I would wear a mask in everywhere. It's better to be overdressed than than underdressed, just like any sales call. 
you know, you always want to be overdressed. So I would take a mask in and just have that part of the, the normal PPE. And certainly I wouldn't refuse to do any temperature checks or, or masks to, to, to enter in. I mean, if, if you're refusing to do that, you might as well just uh, go on home because it's rude. Uh, if you take a, a tour of their factory, uh, you're not going to refuse to wear safety goggles. If, if it's required on the floor, you're not going to refuse that. Why would you refuse a, a mask or temperature checks or, or anything else? It's just rude and uh, and it's, it's going to hurt yourselves. Always be overdressed, and that means I would, if I was going person to person over the next foreseeable months, uh, or in future, I would I would just carry my mask with me and always wear it in. You can take it off if if you feel like you can, but I would walk into every door with a mask on. Yeah, of course, and just pre- just pre-check too. Say, what are your policies? What 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 do I mm-hmm. need to to bring anything special with me? But but just be mindful of this. You're not you're a salesperson, not a political pundit, right? A, a sales call isn't the best place to espouse your political or personal beliefs on COVID nineteen. If you don't feel comfortable with the situation, don't enter it. But don't use it as an opportunity to to chastise someone for not wearing a mask or or for wearing a mask. Well, you can't win either way nowadays with how how politicized everything becomes. So. Understand, you need to be comfortable going in there. But if you if you feel safe, don't use it as an opportunity to to argue with the person you're trying to sell to. Yeah, you're exactly right. Thou shalt not talk religion or politics in a sales call, and that's one of the Ten <laughs> yes. Commandments of sales. Yeah, the, the, the new normal does not does not change that. I, I I think that you know, and the reason I bring it up, and I know it sounds obvious and it sounds silly and it sounds stupid, is just that like. When you watch TV and you watch the news and you're online, like the, just the decorum and conversations just keeps eroding and eroding as as time goes by. Especially, it, it seems like as the internet's gotten more popular, discourse has only sort of gotten worse and more polarized. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I agree with you. I mean, we 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 were on FreeWaves.com and we have uh, some some great commenters, and then we have some trolls around yeah. so <laughs> some you think would be would be <laughs> we busy. Know who the trolls are some some you think would be busy uh promoting their very i, I know they, uh, yeah they, they should be out working instead of uh commenting on every post right and uh, jake mccloudy says uh you have no choice but to follow the customer's visitor procedures it's a no-brainer and stan duncan says preach junior we agree the other thing is be patient many people still have children who are out of school or out of camp and that means that they may have limited availability. Someone, a loved one might fall sick. They might be taking precautions. I mean, if people feel sick, right, uh, just because you're going back to work doesn't mean the coronavirus has been cured. So people may be sick. They may still have to go home and, and quarantine just because the rest of society isn't. They may have to do it themselves. So just be, just be mindful that t- times are a little bit more difficult for everybody. Yeah, be very mindful of that. It's just, it's chaotic out there uh, you know, with kids and, and with other functions and and being organized, anyone being organized. So uh, the best advice for that that I can always give is prospect, prospect, prospect. If you have enough people in your funnel, then you can you can deal with that because you have someone else to talk to. Yes, but here's the good news, everybody. Strike hard, strike fast, strike often. Very few businesses have been immune to this disruption, right? Disruption creates opportunity. That means their existing relationships may have been challenged. Some vendors may have shined, but other ones didn't. Other ones totally dropped the ball. They may have price gouged them. They may have had service failures. It may not have been their fault. It doesn't matter. It's blood for blood out there. You're a salesperson. Go out there and go get it because the iron's hot. 
It is very hot. Every supply chain, every logistics network, every company, every shipper, every trucking company, every freight brokerage has been stress tested and they're still stress tested. And with all this chaos means that there's been a lot of service failures out there. There's a lot of opportunities. And we did a, a segment or actually a show yesterday, Great Quarter Guys, about who flourishes, what companies, what salespeople flourishes uh, during recessions. And there's a, a formula for that. I, I invite you to go watch uh, Great Quarter Guys from yesterday. But the ones who are very proactive – and build efficiency. So go out there and do that. Yeah, and then the other thing is just educate yourself on market conditions, right? Anticipate their problems. There's still supply chain failures. Everything is not back to normal. We're trying to return to normal. Freight flows are, are, are moving upwards, but they're not completely back to normal. Buying habits, not completely back to normal. Go to FreightWaves.com or your favorite source of information, your sonar dashboard, and just keep abreast of what's going on in the marketplace so you can have informed conversations. Because these, to me, that's when you build the trust. This is a great time to build that trust-building process. You already have some knowledge in your head, right? You know that everyone's been through this pandemic. You know they've been sitting home. You know that part of getting back to normal is buying normal again and doing things and, and, and booking freight and, and you know having appointments and all of those things. Use that to your advantage but understand that there's going to be problems there. And, and again, come as a resource. Come as a resource. No one knows what the future holds at any point, but especially not now. So all theories on the table, if you have a good, informed, uh, database-driven uh, hypothesis or theory that you can take out to the shippers and your customers and prospects, do it. This is a perfect time to do it because everyone's searching for answers. Everyone's searching for answers in their supply chain and the logistics network, and they're open to solutions. Be the person. Create that solution for them. Now, Kevin, I know you want people to go and listen to that great quarter, guys, or watch it on the, the Freight Waves TV app or subscribe to it on Freightcast or subscribe to it on the great quarter, guys, feed. But, but can you tease a little bit what, what industries were, uh, would thrive in this type of environment or what kind of salespeople do? It's, it's basically it's partly offense and defense. So, uh, you know, Andrew and I talked to Ryan Schreiber, and there's a Harvard Business Review article from 2010 called "Roaring Out of the Recession." I invite you know, I everyone should go out and read that. You can Google it. Uh, roaring out of, of recession. And it's, it's the companies and individuals who play offense and defense and are progressive thinking. So you go out and create new markets uh, during a downturn. Uh, you don't completely just cut off your activity. So if it's if you're an individual salesperson, that doesn't mean like, as you were saying earlier, oh, everyone's saying no. So I just won't call, right? You go out and be very proactive and you create new revenue streams or avenues. You take that market knowledge and you create something that is original and you go out and, and sell that. You sell out this new, you go out and sell that new solution that didn't exist before the crisis, but will exist after the crisis. And those companies that, that do that and those individuals, those salespeople are the ones who come out of, of hard times like this uh, in, in growth mode. I think that, you know, I think the people who talk themselves out of this stuff are already having the they're having the wrong conversation in their head. So they're going to put they're going to output the wrong conversation. And I think that mm -hmm. the reason is they're thinking like, oh, who's going to want to buy for me? Who's going to want to buy for me in an environment like this? And and that's you've already lost right there. You should be thinking, how can you help this company? What kind of solution can you provide? And then it should be natural for you to call.
I mean, especially if, if, you, if, you, if you're at least mildly personal, you can be somewhat personal, and you're in sales, so you damn well should be, that take some interest in who you're calling, right? Yeah, those negative thoughts are killer. And, and it's so easy for those negative thoughts to infiltrate an organization, your own mind, and it just it kills all your motivation. It kills all your creativity. It creates all your – it, it destroys all your drive. And – and it's hard to keep negative thoughts out, especially in times like this, but you have to do it. You have to focus on the positive, focus on what you can do and what you can't do, and, uh, and go charging ahead every single day. Now, I know this gentleman's been excited. It's Trent Broberg, COO at truckstop.com. He's our special guest today. He's going to help us break down this survey, see what Truckstop is doing, give his advice on the marketplace and all that. So let's dial him up. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence starts. 6, five, four, Hey, hey, Trent. Three, this is uh, Dooner and two, Kevin Hill. 1. Hey, guys. Zero. All engine running. Oh. Liftoff. We Boom. have a liftoff. There you go. Sorry, the inspirational music was playing. Get everyone, getting everyone pumped for you, Trent. Very pumped. Good. How are things been going? So on this episode, we're talking about returning to the, the new normal. A lot of people are going back to the office. Uh, some are already back. Some going back at the end of the month. Some going back within the the next few weeks over here. Uh, how have things been going for for you and the truck stop team? Yeah. Well, uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me on here, uh, Kevin and Tim. Um, Truck stop has been great. Uh, so we've kind of gone to a remote workforce. We have opened up some of our facilities for optional work uh, for those that are having challenges or having uh, uh, some obstacles w- with working at home. You know, we've got kids and a lot of other distractions. So we've opened up a few of our offices where appropriate uh, so they can get back to, uh, into a more comfortable environment. Now, Trent, it's the most exciting moment in freight. It's it's the elevator pitch. Basically, you just sort of introduce yourself and, and give us this pitch. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. So, uh, truckstop.com, uh, we are uh, on the, the chief operating officer. Um, you know, we produce, we've got a, a, uh, a marketplace that really connects the brokers and carriers within the industry. And we're looking at bringing out some innovative products just recently where we've got uh, Book It Now, which is obviously a digital freight matching solution that's really now more important than ever. Perfect. Great, great stuff. And we're still in the elevator together. We have time to... Oh, sorry. It's, it's our stop. <laughs> but we will be heading to, to truckstop.com. Um, so this topic, we're, we're talking about returning to, to the new normal, bringing people back into the office. We put out this survey as, as we usually do. Uh, are, where's truck stop at right now? Are, are people back in the office? Every, everyone, are you have plans to come back? I know at Freightways we have some people that may stay virtual. Um, a lot of different decisions are being made. Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, like I mentioned, we, we have opened up some of our facilities in Idaho and Arizona. Our Illinois facilities, those are our three centers of excellence. Our Illinois facilities are still uh, closed right now. Um, I believe we'll be in a new norm where we'll be more uh, work from home than ever. We have supported work from home previously, so this wasn't too disruptive for us. But I think it'll continue to be that norm and and uh, drive more people, including myself, to work from home more often. 
Hi, Trent. This is Kevin. Uh, what about your your customers, uh, the freight brokers and, and carriers out there that, that use truckstop.com? Uh, how has technology, how have they been adapting to new technology to, to work from home? Because traditionally, uh, freight brokerages and, uh, and, and carrier dispatch and, and office workers were, were totally at the office. How have they adjusted uh, in the last 10 or 12 weeks? That's a great question, Kevin. And it was really varying depending on the preparedness of the uh, brokerage, for example. So I heard some brokerages were really having a challenge and took a month to get everybody working from home. Uh, some brokerages didn't close as they were considered um, you know, appropriate based on whatever municipality they were in. And, and um, some of them were already worked from home. You know, there's more forward thinking. So I think it really runs the gamut. I think from a carrier perspective, we all know the challenges that, that uh, drivers have gone through uh, with the contactless uh, pickups and deliveries and, and really being out there on the road trying to find food and, uh, and the, at the truck stop. So I think that that's I've been well discussed and we just need to continue to support them. That bears out in our survey, right, Kevin? The, for the first question we asked is, mm-hmm. what is your company's timeline for employees returning to the office for work? And the not the majority, but the majority answer was 30% said that they have already returned, which was bigger than everyone. And then 20% was less than two weeks, three to four weeks. So uh, most people are already heading back. And I think that, Kevin, you kind of you kind of teased this before we even read the survey results that in in our business in in brokerage and transport these it's very much in the DNA of these companies to have their people on site. So it's funny because in March, remember guys, a lot of people were talking like, "Oh, is everyone going to work virtually forever again?" And then our survey result, Kevin, sees that um, uh, the, the the reflex there is is people are kind of going back to how they were before this all happened. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, I, I think that the oh, go ahead, Trent. I was going to say, yeah, no, I agree with you, uh, Tim. I think it's uh, been an interesting uh, research topic here. And you know, I was reading an MIT study that pre-COVID, about 3 to 4% of people were working remote. Uh, currently, there's about estimated about 40% of people working remote, which is a, you know, that's a 10x increase. I think the industry from a broker's perspective, like you mentioned, is a very habitual in going into work and having, you know, shoulder to shoulder uh, brokerages that are that are really working together as a team to to produce some results. So I think that that's really where, like you said, they're going back to to the new norm to the norm. Trent, you've been on the the, the front lines, you know, and carrying freight brokers operations as well. And and the downside to working from home is, of course, that you know you have the the, the morale and the come on, you know, the the morale and and each everyone learning from one another having that that constant flow of market information that you need on a freight brokerage uh, floor do you think going forward you'll see more flexible work from home uh work in the office maybe two days three days here and there in, in freight brokerage and, and carrier operations yeah no question I, I think that yeah you'll still see the bulk and overwhelming majority um in you know centers of excellence or uh in the office working off each other, building that camaraderie, like you mentioned, and, and really understanding. I think that there's, there's some advantages and disadvantages. There's a, there's a significant amount of attrition that happens within the industry. And I think that having shoulder to shoulder learning and education and onboarding is important um, in that. But I, I do believe, you know, especially for administrative work, back office solutions, maybe support functions, 
the uh, remote work really fits well and actually provides, you know, reading most studies and I know in our own environment provides better performance, work satisfaction and retention for employees. Yeah, not that long ago, I I worked at a number of different global three PLs, and uh, there was a big difference between being on the sales side versus the operations side. On the operations side, being the being the person doing entries and stuff like that. I mean, even if you called in sick, you like you would get glared. You'd get the evil eye the next day you came in. And this wasn't just exclusive oh, yeah. to one company. It was it was like across the board at three PLs I worked at. Where on the other end, you had sales. Where if you're kind of an outside salesperson, you unless you worked for uh, well, I don't want to name them, but they they were brown. Uh, if you worked for that particular company you had to ch- you had to touch the door every single day but most other companies you'd have like your meeting you touch base with your manager unless you're inside sales so a lot of freight salespeople are probably used to not having to report to an office so not a major change for them yeah no uh, agreed i think like the operational side of the business somebody else has to pick up the work that falls off and you don't show up to work i think from a sales perspective the sale just doesn't happen and obviously you've got kpis to meet and, and go forward i think the big change from a sales perspective is, you know, the long-term social implications that we've got with COVID and, you know, less people are comfortable. It's that touchless interaction, you know, when they're out there in the field or working with customers and even internal constituents, um, you know, planes are a giant waste of time. So it's driving, you know, across town to, to meet a customer. And I think the big thing that's coming out of this from a sales perspective that we've seen is, uh, one, well, the first is really just um, understanding that everybody is at this new norm. Everybody's on Hollywood Square Zoom conferences, right? And mm-hmm. that that changes the game because if you know that everybody else that you're selling against is at the same level, then that becomes the new norm. Whereas previous to COVID, if you were the one calling in remote, you were the one that wasn't committed. So that's a big change, I think, in the sales tactics. Yeah, yeah. Do you think so? The next, the next question we asked is, what do you think your work from home policy will be once you open again? And the fifty percent said, work in the office with some flexibility to work from home. But I wonder how much that flexibility will will be there once we really get back into the swing of things. Just sort of knowing how brokerages operate and handle this kind of stuff. I don't know. Do you think it's gone on long enough to make that behavioral shift, though, where people are a little bit more relaxed? Have we seen enough results in, in productivity that uh, it's it's okay to not be in the office as long as you're working? So I think it's a challenging time from a study. So I always look at things from a data science perspective and what's your control group and, and how are you benchmarking pre and post? You've got a lot of variables going on here with COVID, the downturn in the economy. Things are coming back up, as we've seen in the last two to three weeks. But, but I do believe that we've, it's been long enough to kind of create that human behavior, that six to eight week time frame, where I think that if, if these brokerages and, and all companies within the logistics industry are kind of managing the right metrics and, and understanding the performance of their uh, partners and their teams, then I, then I do think that flexibility will, will exist. But, you know, there would be some positions like you mentioned in operations and driver management and, and on traditional carrier sales, or well, carrier sales may may not so, but but some of the brokerage floors um, that you'll have to be in office it just will be. Well, Travis Kuhn on Facebook he says when his employees don't show up to work, he has to work fourteen to sixteen hours a day. Well, that's that's interesting. Um, 
I don't know. You got to set up some sort of remote schedule with them. I'm not sure of his circumstance. That sounds rough. Scott Watanabe on Facebook says he usually doesn't go on Facebook while working, but he'll make an exception today. One of the topics that we, Kevin and I touched on before, before you came on was how to handle yourself, how to behave when going on sales calls now, considering offices will have all different policies in place. There's no sort of federal mandate on what every company has to do. Things change state to state, office to office company to company. Um, what do you, what would your advice be to salespeople in regards to uh, how companies, their policies in re- to face masks, PPE, if they have temperature checks, those kind of things? Yeah, great question. We, we have, first and foremost, is it an in-person or is it a remote? And what are they comfortable with? Because if you start thinking about this and you start having to wear those PPE equipment, the, the comfort level starts diminishing. So, Will will the impact and the result be just the same, if not even better, from a remote perspective, uh, if you can get on a, a conference call or a video conference call with them? Plus, you can bring in more people within your organization. That's one thing we found is I can bring in the product team that can answer questions immediately to subject matter experts, including executive sponsorship into these calls. So we found that they're almost more impactful at times. Now, if you have to go in and, and have to meet in person, it's really about setting the tone beforehand, right? It's having that pre-call, which is what we're suggesting here, is to understand what what is that customer comfortable with and then what am I comfortable with? That's going to vary. There's going to be no standard there because it, depending on the, the actual human element, the, the, the comfort level of the sales individual and the comfort level of, of uh, the customer you're going to see. And that's just going to, it's going to change. You know, we we're all more vulnerable than we've ever been. And in this time, we found that, that, that the walls go down very fast and you're automatically talking about very vulnerable situations in your kids and your families where you didn't really get into that before on sales calls. So it's an interesting time. That's a great point that he brought up, Kevin, is, is it, it would be awkward having a sales call with two people with masks on, wouldn't it? Like me across from you. It, like I feel like, a, I feel like I'm being told I have like a terminal disease or something while I'm trying to sell you some freight. It, it's 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 an odd circumstance. I mean, I guess we could get used to it, but I, I love your point that like if that's the circumstance, maybe not even have the salespeople come into your building and just do those continue to do those calls during Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Think about it, Tim. I mean, when I'm sitting across the table from you and I see the inflections in your your smile and your face, you lose that. And if I'm on a Zoom call or you know on a Teams call, I I still experience that to some to some degree. Right, Kevin. I think that's where where sales video will will really continue on is is through these times and and the restrictions on travel that will probably last for a little bit. That's the next question on the survey too. Is uh, you know those restrictions that that no one really wanted to take this grand leap. No one wanted individually, you know, corporate wise, individually to. And it was maybe impossible to do uh, individual individual corporations to, to go out and, and take this leap of of using video calls, using these remote type of meetings. But we are all forced to do it, and I think it's going to be a, a new norm. I mean, do you think uh, business travel will suffer as, as a result of everyone being comfortable on Zoom calls or go to meeting calls or or whatever we use Google Meet here? What do you What are your thoughts on that, Trent? Yeah, Kevin, great. Uh, planes are a, a significant waste of time and money, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're of the Buffett camp, anything you can do to not waste time and money is is probably going in the right direction. 
there will be, uh, I personally believe, and I know within our organization, there'll, there'll be a greatly reduced um, travel budget and actual travel in itself. I think that, that the more that we get comfortable with the technologies that we've got in place and the customers are comfortable with the technology we have in place, um, the more uh, actual um, efficient we can become. Because if I'm making a sales call in uh, Chicago, Illinois from Phoenix, you know, it's a day wasted both ways pretty much. And I, maybe I see five customers. Whereas in those three days, I could have seen 30 customers over Zoom calls and brought in the right people at the right time. So I think, I think there is, there is going to be a significant change here. I think there's going to be a new norm. I think that travel budgets, generally speaking, will go down. Um, and, you know, we all know how this works. We all know how sales works. We all know how the relationships work. And those can be fostered in many different ways as long as both parties are aligned and, and there's a win-win uh, within the sale. Kevin, uh, I think that selling with a mask might work in your favor, though. You're very good at emoting with your with your eyes. Uh, before yes. <laughs> before we before we move on to the to uh, from that one, because because I want to talk about the discretionary spending too. But so one person wrote, "Refuse to wear a mask." Some person answered that on our our survey. I don't know if they were just trolling or what, but I, I don't know if I would recommend that if you're going to a client visit and they say you have to wear a mask. I I think that the worst case scenario is you're just going no. <laughs> You know, I mean, not a great idea. Uh, but on the other end of that coin, if you do feel uncomfortable, right? Like maybe you're you're living with family members at risk. You're still a salesperson, and you're in a place where there's people coughing around you. Nobody's wearing masks. Then you know, maybe maybe just politely let them know that you don't feel comfortable going on the call. Don't use it as a as an opportunity to start shouting at people, but just let them know you don't feel comfortable, right? I mean, that that's how I would handle that. Yeah, honesty wins in all situations, and if you're honest especially in this time where, where, like I said, everybody's walls are down a little more vulnerable. Uh, no one's going to fault you for that. And if they do, maybe it's not a great relationship. Maybe it's, a good, not, it's not the best partnership to be in. These uh, The tried and true brokers, too, in our comments section here, uh, Jake, McLeod, and Mark Horowitz, they both can't miss being back in that being back in that office, right? Sitting around everyone doing entries, being miserable, drinking uh, stale coffee. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I do prefer if, my if own you're coffee, doing, If you're doing in-person sales calls, though, I, I, I can't emphasize enough. Uh, I would wear a mask inside the door, walk through every door with a mask on. You can always take it off. Some people would suggest but you should never take it off. It can be rude if you Kevin. walk in without it in some, some places. Sorry, Duna. <laughs> I said some people would suggest you never take it off, Kevin. I'm just kidding. Sure. Freightways founder and CEO Craig Fuller, he, he talked about the discretionary spending that, that Trent brought up. And I think that I think that's that can't be overlooked, right? So many companies are going to be looking at their books and I'm like, wow, for the past three months, we've, we've spent all that discretionary spending is gone. How do you now you have to make the case to bring that back on the books, right? It's a lot harder to, to bring something back once it's taken away. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely is. I mean, it really just, you know, it kind of paints the picture for the need of the ROI and the perspective where historically, I think a lot of companies are just year over year, hey, let's reduce 5%, let's increase 5%, um, rather than actually tracking the profitability or the ROI on that discretionary spend. I think that's going to be more scrutinized than ever. So you're going to just have to, those sales executives and sales leadership are going to have to show that return on the investment in order to get that spend, I think, going forward. Our surveyed group here is, uh, they're itching to get out, right, Kevin? We said, what do you expect? And when do you expect any business travel to clients and even conferences to resume, even the bigger gatherings? And 50% said four to six months. 
uh, 30% said seven to 12 months and 15, 20% said uh, one to three months. So uh, within the next year, a lot of people think these, this is all going to come back online. I don't know. Would you agree with them, Trent? Do you think things are trending that way? So things are trending positively in a sense that, that businesses are starting to open. I think those large uh, conferences are pretty far out. Uh, I guess the concern that we've got or some, some of the, the metrics we're looking for is, you know, uh, the potential W-shaped kind of recovery where, uh, based on COVID, where uh, fall, you know, flu season comes back around, fall temperatures start dropping. Mm. What is that going to look like as we're all out and about mingling? Uh, I don't think you're going to see any large conferences. And I, and I think actually the shape of conferences is going to change. And I've been involved in a, a few online conferences um, lately with, you know, some other software vendors some large software vendors that are publicly traded. And in a normal conference cycle, uh, let's just say they've got a thousand attendees. They're seeing three to 4,000 attendees show up digitally and, and, you know, in freight waves uh, live where, your conference uh, saw a very similar trend where you actually got more engagement from people. Now the engagement might not have been as strong because it's not uh, handshaking and, and, and grabbing a drink at the bar afterwards. But I think it's, uh, I think there might be a new norm in just conferences in general. Yeah. Kevin, where, where with the company that's, that's put on a a few in-person conference, a lot of risk in that's really expensive to put on a really cool blockbuster conference. That's going to attract a lot of people. But then at the same time, you're only attracting 1500 people where we do freightways live at home. And you, you take the walls down, you take the barriers down, you make it, you make it free. And then next thing you know, you have 90,000 people who you can expose uh, a bunch of companies to, to your, your own ideas and your own brands for, for you guys, Trent, since you, you, you know, conferences are, have gone virtual, all that stuff. How does your team continue to get the message out there? And how are you, promoting truck stop i mean obviously coming on shows like this one great way but what are some other ways your sales team is using to make those connections yeah aside from the partnership with freight waves appreciate that partnership um we're really looking at, at at different channels and reinventing what we do uh within our marketing we just brought on a, a brand new cmo and and we're really kind of blue sky in the way that we approach uh not just the brand but you know the sales pipeline top of funnel lead gen all that so we can get in front of the customers at the right time at the right behavior and make sure that those conversations are win-win um, across the board. So I think, I think it's just reimagining. I think that's, that's just another piece of advice is when you look at your CRM and those that have implemented it, you know, a CRM is just understanding what does a new norm look like and what are the fields you're collecting? What are the profiles of your customers and understanding the new attributes to a new norm? And that could vary based on those conversations. Yeah, Kevin, a lot of to, a lot of indecision oh, too on on returning as as you in that survey question you put in there. Do you think your company's internal communication on sales goals, budgets, accounting, administration has improved with employees working from home? For some companies that I think were built with a digital architecture, it's it's been fine, it's been seamless. But here you're having forty four percent say yes, thirty one percent said no, twenty five percent said they don't know. So. The jury is still out. It's funny, though. Like, I'm glad we did this survey, Kevin, because I think in March, the answers would have been quite a bit different here when when there were all these conversations about what's industrial space going to look like, what are what are offices going to look like, all that stuff. And provided that there's not huge outbreaks when everyone comes back, then I don't think those wide sweeping changes that we thought would happen are going to happen. 
Yeah, agreed. I think I think the 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 biggest challenge or some of the infrastructure within some of these uh, more legacy focused companies, like you mentioned, the tech the tech first companies, those are probably having less disruption. Whereas those on prem, those with a lot of desktop computers, uh, that creates a lot of friction when you're trying to get people to work from home. That's very challenging when you when you have people working from home that aren't used to working from home and, and how that, that changes the dynamics of how you communicate with your employees. And, and like everything else uh, that we've been saying is that uh, everyone's just trying to figure it out as they go. You know, they're trying to figure out their supply chains. They're trying to figure out the, the, their marketing, uh, how they're going to market themselves without uh, events and everything's new, how to use video and sales, how to get people to work from home. So Everyone is just trying to, to figure out as we go and and learn learn from our mistakes and 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 failures and, and try to, to find the, the right combination of ingredients to, to do all of this. So it's a very very challenging environment. Trent, before we let you go, what do you think the the biggest lesson that you and Truckstop.com have learned while working from home during this pandemic? Uh, I would probably echo every other leader within the space that communication is critical. Uh, being on the same page and over communicating one, the situation, the pandemic, because there's a lot of uncertainty around there. And as a leader within your organization, making sure that your, your, your partners are comfortable, that you're empowering them because they work from home, uh, you're empowering them with what they need uh, to be successful and providing them the tools to be successful, whether it's, for example, we opened up some of our offices because we did have a few employees that were having a hard time. Uh, working from home, so we're providing that that solution to them, and and really um, just kind of uh, just supporting them in any way you can. Ask the right questions, and 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 listen to your customers, and be on the calls with the customers. Because if you go back, assuming post COVID that everything is the same as it was pre COVID, you're probably not going to come out in the long term strategy ahead. It's probably not going to work well for you, and. And uh, and just make sure that that people are still buying dress pants out there. Not everything is about a Zoom call. Jeans too. I heard uh, Bangladesh, uh, Taiwan. A lot of those those out there are are hurting bad. All that uh, all that inventory, fast fashion too. Just tough spots to be in. And and you know, just because we all want to go back to work, it doesn't it doesn't cure COVID. That that's still out there. There's still that threat. There's still that. That risk. So, Trent, you and your team stay stay safe out there. Uh, we 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 hope everything remains normal and the curve stays flattened and all those good things. We really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with us and and our group today. Yeah, thank you, Tim and Kevin, and all the best to you and the Freightways team. And thanks for the the, the partnership and and uh, all the best to those in the industry, especially the drivers out there. You know, delivering the goods for our family. So, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Truck stuff. Thank you, Trent. Truckstop.com. Go to go to their site. Great, great people over there. Uh, one thing that I found, Kevin, before we move on to shout outs and we do the book drawing, mm-hmm. uh, one thing I thought was interesting here was that 40% of people said that uh, technology upgrades are needed. So I realize that there's some sort of shortcomings. Maybe they don't have a proper Slack channel set up or, or a Microsoft Teams channel or something to that effect. Either way, can, better tech is needed to enable that. But hey, maybe this, if anything, this shows. Because all these tech things, using video, all this stuff, even after COVID, this stuff's going to stick with us. We, it may not be as predominant, but it's going to stick with us. So if it's stress tested some supply chains, it's stress tested some companies internally and externally. And hopefully we, we can take the lessons learned from that and build stronger companies. 
and it certainly reevaluated re business travel. And we saw that in the survey is that, uh, you know, a year from now, people are expecting to spend 25 to 50% on business travel, uh, where, you know, it's, it's going to cut business travel probably in half for the foreseeable future for the next two or three years, probably. Yeah, you know what I think happens? I think at first people go, you know, travel isn't 40% said travel isn't really necessary. And I think at first that happens. Then what happens is that your sales team starts traveling to the bigger accounts and then that's going above and beyond. And that that mean just grows down further and further to which accounts you're willing to to travel mm -hmm. to so you can compete against all the other salespeople out here. Because if they're traveling, then you're kind of forced to too if that's the way that your client wants to interact with you. And that's how they do business. I mean, that's just the way of the world. It is the way of the world. And there are some true road warriors out there, my sister being one of them, that can't wait to get back on an airplane and go see customers because that's oh. where she's comfortable at. Oh, so she's, you're going to see it. Um, she linked yeah, message ahead. she linked and messaged me something very very juicy. I'll send it to the video production <laughs> team next time so they can they can put it up because I, I forgot to do that. But thank you for uh for reminding me, Kevin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the way, uh oh, before our last story, the one we've been doing, the recurring one since March twenty fifth was about job loss. Fifty four percent said no, which is on March twenty fifth that was fifty two percent. Last week it was fifty three percent. Uh, the biggest change here that I noticed was that the yeses are down 10 points. So 33% on March 25th, 23% here, but more uncertainty. 23% were, they don't know. They're like, I don't know. We go back. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. But that 23% on the yes, you know, that they are... They they are secure in their jobs right now, and that's a this is a big movement from a third down to twenty three percent in a week. I think as we go along and and states are opening up and they are opening up and people get back to the office as we saw in the survey uh, that that first question. There's a lot of people that are are going to be back in the office within the next four weeks. Uh, you know, probably a two thirds that people are more comfortable and and. This, this new normal, or it's a new normal. It's going from crisis to a new normal, and everyone's going to get adjusted to it. What's the book that we're giving away this week? It is going to be the book we're going to give away this week. Well, I the one thought, that, that we're drawing for right now. What's the book we're drawing for? How to Be a Rainmaker, How to which be a I rain thought I brought up here, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're looking, you're like literally looking under your computer. I, I know, I, I'm looking under my computer. Have you checked under your I hat? I it up here. Have you, have you checked under your hat? Oh, here it is, right here. Oh, you found, found it. it? Okay. I found it. I was gonna say, I'm not wearing a hat. All right. Okay, <laughs> let, let's, let's draw. Okay, it's number 54, and number 54 on this list is... Who is it, Kevin? It's none other than... Kristen Rakoczy. R-A-K-O-C-Z-Y. Kristen Rakozy. So congratulations to her for winning. What's uh what's next week's book? And Congrats. to get in the drawing, to get in the drawing, just leave your leave your name in the comment section. Reach out to Kevin Hill on LinkedIn. Reach out to me, Timothy Dooner, D-O-O-N-E-R. Follow me on Twitter. You can tweet at me at Timothy Dooner. We'll get you on this list. It doesn't cost anything. We we just draw and get and you get a book, right? You get a book. You definitely get a book. And Amazon Prime isn't quite Amazon Prime these days because I'm still waiting on about four or five different books. But I have one that I did the audio version. I'll send you out the physical copy. It's uh, Jeb Blount. It's Fanatical Prospecting. And it's all about prospecting. I love prospecting. And uh, and it's a really it's a really good book. It has really good ideas in it. So we'll, we'll, we will do the drawing next week for that. I had to fill that funnel for you. <laughs> fill that funnel. Definitely always fill that funnel. A few shout outs. I got uh, uh, this is a great one. So Robert Rosenberg, sales manager at Costco, 
Back in 2015, I went down to went down to New, Newark, New Jersey, and I interviewed to be a salesperson at Costco. Now, I didn't get the job. I made it to the second round there, and I, and I didn't get it. And then I remember he reached back to me in early 2017. He said, hey, I know a guy who's looking for a salesperson. I said, you know what? I've kind of pivoted to this podcasting thing. I'm doing this marketing thing. Firstly, I'm glad I didn't abandon it, but he reached out to me and he said, hey, Tim, I've been watching and listening sporadically when time permits. All things happen for a reason. Happy to see this taking off. You're doing what is right for you. Congrats. Hope all is well. And that's why he's a great salesperson at the top of Costco, too. He reached out. That's great. Yeah. It's always good to, to, to get comments like that, right, Dinner? Yes. Uh, L. Simoleon, he's a chief executive officer at RPM. He said, enjoy your discussion on driving sales by networking at virtual conferences. Yeah, that was a good time. Jason Edwards, licensed insurance agent at Farmers Insurance, said, hey, thanks for adding me to the connection. Uh, I watched Put That Coffee Down. Enjoy the energy. Keep, keep it going. Jonathan Druin said, uh, good Put That Coffee Down podcast today. Thanks for the shout out idea on future topics. Interview insights from active 10% producers, one million margin a year or more. I said, anyone in mind, he never responded to me. So uh, if you fit that criteria, sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you fit that criteria, you know, shoot us a a DM on on LinkedIn. Yes. uh, Carla Montoya Mesa says, I love the podcast. Great tips. Calvin Sachs says, we are wondering how our staff would answer these questions. Hopefully our team is aligned. Looking forward to that discussion. That was last week's episode that he is referencing. Uh, Stephen Elliott mm-hmm. in the comments here said, great point. Companies will be looking at, at line item, line by line, while people are away. 100% agree. Jake McLeod says, beard 30 Dooner. Um, uh, Kevin Duncan says, Kevin, excellent point. Learning how to deal with negative thoughts is a critical learning skill for sales or any other tasks that matter. Real but not true gives us space to notice thoughts and emotions and acknowledge that they may not correspond with reality. Man, Stan, always always diving deep. We will be doing an episode yes. with him soon. Uh, Amanda Miller, looking forward to today's show. Amanda, we always appreciate you joining us here. Justin Smith said, Kevin, how exactly do I register to win the book? Just as we told you guys, just leave a comment in yes. the, uh, the comment section. Um, Kevin, I think we have about a minute or two left. What are some closing thoughts on here? I think some of the closing parts is, is it's going to be a new normal. It's going to take a while for business travel to get back up. If you do go see clients, one of the main points is always wear wear a mask. Always be overdressed. <laughs> always always wear a mask. I mean, I, I can't emphasize that point uh, enough. Every door you walk through, wear a mask. You can keep it on the entire time. You can take it off. But at least have the the, the, the manners to, uh, to to walk in because you never know what what environment you're walking into. You don't know if they're they are very strict about this or very lax. It's much better to be strict yourself and always have that that good impression. Subscribe to this show on Freightcast. Uh, look up Freightcast on your favorite podcast player of choice. Look up, put that coffee down. Either one, either or. Download the Freightwaves TV app. You can you can watch this if you're on LinkedIn. Thanks for sticking with us. I know there are a couple of hiccups coming up and down, but you can watch uh, you can watch this in full HD glory after the fact. Uh, Kevin Hill, it's been a pleasure working with you today, my man. Same as always. We'll be back here uh, next Wednesday. And also, we are doing another virtual event on July 21st. It's a 3PL Summit. So I I think we have our first promotional email coming out this afternoon. So stay tuned to that. The agenda will be coming very soon. We're putting that together right now. And check you out can Wits- always register for free. Check out Wit Sonar tonight as well. Uh, gang, hit the music. Get us out of here. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Peace. Any minute now. Hit the music. Get us out of here. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to do it. All right. Well. 
Kevin, it's it's been a pleasure. I can hit the music for us. I got it on here. 